Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the Morning Briefing. It's Tuesday, December 12th, 2017. I'm your host, Eric Dame. Jake Hughes is your producer, and ConnectingVets.com is your website. Created by veterans, for veterans, and focusing on the veteran experience. We're, of course, also on social media, where we are at Connecting Vets on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And we've got a recent video up there with our recent guest, Sarah Maples. She was on last Friday. She was on Friday to talk about uh, the difficulties of being a woman veteran and some of the things that she's faced in an op-ed that she wrote published in The Atlantic, which uh, got a lot of play out there. And it was fascinating talking to her about those experiences that, you know, as a male veteran, I just don't consider. I don't think about because I don't have to deal with them. People like Sarah, all of those women who have served honorably, they do. So we have a video up there. And it's not talking about that uh, that issue specifically, but it does tie into it. And the video that we have up, which is, uh, if not our most popular video, uh, certainly coming up on our most popular videos on the Connecting Vets Facebook page, deals with TRICARE and the differences that are coming on January 1st. Big changes to basically everybody who's not in TRICARE for life. If you're in TRICARE for life... All right, things are going to stay pretty much the same. But if you're in Prime or if you're in any of the other TRICARE programs... There's going to be changes. They're going to be significant. What are they? Well, that's why we shot the video with Sarah. You can go check those out. And we're going to have the uh, D, one of the DHA directors for TRICARE on the show live next week. Uh, we were hoping that was going to be this week, but a scheduling conflict has made it that we've had to push it back to next week. So you can look forward to that. Uh, there's going to be a lot more TRICARE stuff. And as I welcome Justin Brown, CEO and founder of Hillvets, into the studio. You know, Justin, as I was mentioning, Sarah from the VFW talking about the difficulties of being a woman veteran that people like you and I, both Navy veterans, don't really think about. The things that she has to deal with. So we post this video that we shot on the TRICARE thing. We, we posted it on the same day as that interview. I look at the comments when the VFW shared it out last night. And there's some guy on there saying like, oh, yeah, look at this. The greedy lady from the company who never served talking about raising copays and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, greedy lady from the company. First off, watch the video. It very clearly says at the beginning she's from the VFW, not TRICARE. And she's an Air Force veteran. She's a VFW member, meaning that she served boots on the ground overseas in a theater of combat. It's It fascinated me to see that. So I actually had to, uh, with my personal Facebook page, get on there and be like, hey, you're referring to this video. Let me straighten you out here, friend, and gave him yeah. the, the good information. But the, the internet never fails to surprise me. It it is <laughs> it is a fascinating place, isn't it? You know, we were just talking about how North Korea is fascinating for all the wrong reasons. The internet's just as fascinating, and half of the time for the wrong reasons that you yeah. see things out there. Yeah, it's it's amazing some of the crappy things people will throw out there on online, and in yeah. the sense of uh, you know, I don't know some some. Some some form of disconnect, certainly things that people probably wouldn't say in a public setting. Oh, absolutely not. I had someone once uh, say a bunch of stuff to me on, uh, I think it was on Facebook, 
Was it on Facebook or on Twitter? Bunch of stuff to me, threatening me. And then I saw the person in person a couple months later and was like, oh, hey, what's going on? You, you got a problem? And he was like, oh, no, man. You know, that was just online. I was like, that's just online. I'm a real person. I'm Diff- show up. Different rules. Different rules. Yeah. I was like, no, this is that's real life, too. Like, I'm clicking on that mouse. You got to realize it. But you're absolutely right. When people aren't face to face. That's, I think, where a lot of the problems come in. And as we were talking to Dan Crenshaw, congressional candidate down in Texas and former Navy SEAL yesterday, that's one of the issues he sees with politics, where, you know, if people sit down and talk to each other, they can usually figure out a way around their differences. But when you're, you know, tweeting and Facebooking and uh, what else are the kids doing nowadays? MySpacing and uh, AOLing and CompuServing. Those are all things, right? I still get CDs in the mail for AOL. Sounds right. I, I, I feel like you're looking at me to be an authority on such said Aren't things. You? You Don't know? you represent America Online? Did you know that uh, Air America Online's messenger service is going away this week? That's disappointing. It's been around for so long. Now, I haven't used it in, I don't know, 15 years, 20 years. I'm, but like, I'm only kind of kidding. That was, that was even yeah, kind hey, of premium. Hey, CompuServe bit, and Prodigy are already gone. Now, AOL is pretty much joining them. And joining us, as I mentioned, Justin Brown, founder and CEO of HillVets, to keep us up to date on the latest and greatest items affecting veterans taking place on Capitol Hill. And this week, the big ticket item, I think, is the electronic health care records issue. We've talked about so much on this show, the fact that yep. there's that disconnect between DOD health care and VA health care and trying to figure out a way to get those things to communicate with each other and get things easily transferable between VA hospitals even. What's going on with the electronic health care records this week? Yeah, absolutely. This continues to be front and center for Congress uh, as there are some major deals in the works, particularly with a company called Cerner, uh, which was initially awarded a contract with the Department of Defense essentially to... Uh, bring all of their elect- all their records into electronic an electronic healthcare record system. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, there was a big fight between VA and DoD who should take what. Uh, VA opted to keep their old system. It was called Vista, still the system they're using today. Uh, DoD said we're going to go get a commercial off the shelf product. That was Cerner. Fast forward a few years, uh, new secretary Secretary Shulkin has opted uh, to take the same product that DoD. Did with the hope that it provides a seamless uh, record from uh, a service member coming into the military as they transition out uh, that same record uh, with hopefully it, it, with at minimum the same functionality and potentially more uh, as they become a veteran and receive care at a VA medical facility and or a private facility uh, hopefully uh, would also be able to have what they're calling interoperability uh, assuming that maybe their private care doctor didn't use Cerner, say maybe they used an, an Epic electronic healthcare record or Lido's or various other companies out there. And that's, that's where this issue of interoperability comes up. Uh, and today you have, uh, no surprise here, Jared Kushner. Uh, it seems like anytime there's a big idea in the room, he seems to be present for the administration. Um, he's hosting a White House event uh, with uh, CMS Administrator Seema Verma, Uh, and uh, the HHS secretary, actually, as they try to tackle this idea of interoperability. So you you certainly see electronic healthcare records playing a massive role in this administration and the companies therein, uh, as well as as they look to technology uh, to solve some of the, the larger cruxing healthcare problems. Now the challenge is, is you know there have been rollouts like this, and even with companies like Cerner, 
Uh, in fact, right now, uh, in recent news, uh, you have um, uh, the, I'm, I'm looking for his name here, but anyways, in Vancouver, Vancouver as a city has taken on the Cerner Electronic Healthcare Record, and you have some of the folks up there calling this rollout catastrophic. Oh, that's a word you like to hear. <laughs> Which is concerning when you're looking at, you know, the Department of Defense and VA and them taking on this 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 electronic healthcare record. And my guess is is that this is probably the largest rollout uh, Cerner as a company has ever seen. Right? I mean, VA is right. the largest consolidated healthcare system in in the world, uh, so it doesn't really get much bigger than that. And then you layer on top of that Department of Defense. And then you layer on top of that this idea that this administration is trying to push more and more into the in, into private sector doctors, and what that means is you're going to have to have a product that works for a lot of people who are using a lot of different things. Absolutely, and uh, catastrophic is not a word you like to hear. Yeah, I was uh, concerned in line with the rollout of anything. But again, for all the good that the VA does, it seems whenever there's something new coming out or these new issues going on, if it's tied to the VA, there seems to be uh, too much catastrophe tied yeah. to it. We can, and this you is calling it a synonym. This easy, is easy. <laughs> this easy. is this is uh, something important as opposed to let's say the VA ID card of yeah. two weeks ago. Not as important, but you talk about catastrophic. The yeah. website crashed within two days of it opening and rolling out. And even if it hadn't, then you had you know, the, the wording on the website saying, well, you should receive that ID card within yeah. six and, months and, or whatever. And here's the name I was looking for. It's a uh, health minister, Adrian Dix. And I'm, I'm assuming maybe that's a, uh, you know, their, their, their form of a secretary. Um, they're saying that it was intended to handle the records of more than 1 million Vancouver area medical patients, uh, beset by delays, ballooned massively over budget and is now eating up money that should be used for frontline healthcare services. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of this comes back to many of the concerns we're seeing on Capitol Hill. You had Representative uh, Will Hurd from Texas, uh, you know, raising concerns in terms of rollout, raising concerns in terms of costs. Uh, the lowball figures for uh, this electronic health care record are, are $10 billion. Um, folks who have been in VA and been in VA uh, previously and seen some of these rollouts are, are throwing numbers out that that are closer to you know, 15 to $20 billion, which, you know, call me, call me, uh, I don't know, call me a lot of things. I've been up here a, a while and that, that sounds we more do accurate most days, to me. You know, oh, Justin so-and-so. Yeah. Man. I mean, usually I take any one of those numbers and, and, and double them. And you're, you're usually much closer than whatever the initial, uh, proposed vision number is, if you will. Yeah. I mean, when we're talking about the difference between 10 and $20 million, it becomes almost theoretical to the average person like me right. who uh, right. look at my bank account and compare that to uh, billions of dollars. I mean, $10 yeah. million dollars is, a, is a thought in the clouds for most of us. Right. Um, yeah, people don't know how to wrap dollars. their heads around $10, 20000000000 billion. <laughs> it, I'll look at it this way. Let, let, let's break it down to something that's a little bit more uh, understandable for the average person. $10,000 or $20,000, which would you rather have to spend on something and would that make a difference in your current budget? Sure. Of course it would. And just extrapolate that up to the billions of dollars. And while it all seems to run together uh, when it comes to government programs, we've got to remember this money's got to come from someplace. That's right. 20 billion. That's $10 billion more if it ends up being 20 that we would have been able to spend on something else 
Right. I don't know what, but something else. Yeah, know? and in this case, you're seeing them say frontline healthcare services. So what does that mean? That might mean you know more specialty doctors. That might mean uh, you know new new. I mean, once you're ten billion dollars, I mean you're you're talking hospitals here. That could be that oh, could yeah. be new hospitals. I um, could save thousands upon thousands of lives. Right. I mean, with actual medical care. Absolutely. Know? I mean, this Absolutely. is uh, and I, and I see you scrolling there, but the, the, the issue du jour today, Eric, and we got to talk about this is it is election day in Alabama. Oh, it is. And, uh, it, Vietnam veteran Roy Moore, judge Roy Moore <laughs> is running down there. That's right. I've, I've heard some stories about his service that he was not well liked among his comrades and honestly doesn't seem to be all that well liked, even among people that are probably going to vote for him today. But this election down in Alabama, of course, to fill the vacated Senate seat left by Jeff Sessions uh, going to become attorney general. What does it mean in the grand scheme of things? Of course, this, we're not a political show, generally speaking, but we are talking about an Army veteran down there in Roy Moore. So you know, we can we can talk about it in those eyes. But as far as uh, what it could mean if he is or isn't elected for veterans, is there any angle you think? Specific to veterans, I mean, I don't, I don't see any uh, particularly large impacts that you know veterans should be particularly focused on. I, I think what you have here is, uh, to some degree, for the Republican Party, a call to conscience, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's okay. Do we do we accept the fact that this guy is 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 clearly a bad apple? Um, you know, disassociate ourselves with with said person. Hold, hang on to our values and. And, you know, bite the bullet that we're going to lose a Senate seat, at least temporarily in Alabama over this. Um, you've seen a lot of people make that decision, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you've seen a lot of people in, in, in Alabama make that decision. Senator Shelby came out uh, very, very strongly uh, against him. And, uh, you know, of course, the Democrats immediately picked it up and, and started throwing it into to campaign ads and you know, I mean, they, they, they see the opportunity to pick up a seat that otherwise mm -hmm. just would never, never happen. Well, it would never happen in today's Alabama, if you will. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and then on the other side, I think you see um, folks playing, you know, the very political calculated game of, hey, we need a seat that's not going to be a straight Democratic vote. Um, you know, something's better than nothing. And then there's also, you know, discussion of, you know, if we get him elected, then, you know, there's, there's the possibility that we could do an ethics investigation and right. seat this person and then replace them with whoever we want. That's what I think the end game is for the Republican party as someone who uh, kind of dislikes everybody equally when it comes to politics, uh, dislikes what all groups are doing. I think that their train of thought is, uh, he, if he gets in there, then then you can look at the uh, the allegations and you can look at things like, I mean, we've seen a lot more come out over this yearbook, which was thought to be the smoking gum when it came to Roy Moore. And now there's a lot of questions about that yearbook specifically and some admittances by uh, the woman who had it, some things that don't quite match up as far as like the signature, having the letters DA next to it. And people thought, well, why does it say that if he wasn't the district attorney at the time that it's alleged to have been signed? And then he says, well, I never signed my name with a DA after it, even when I was a district attorney. And then you find out the woman who owns the yearbook actually had her divorce papers signed by Judge Roy Moore. And the DA was how his uh, legal clerk essentially, um, how do you want to say, annotated. I don't want to say notarized because it wasn't a, a stamp notarized. But she would put right. her things to say, hey, the judge actually signed this. It's good to go. I verified it. So it questions in regards to that. 
I don't think there's a lot of questions in regards to uh, whether he's overall a pleasant person, whether he is overall someone that you would definitely uh, – Want serving in the Senate, at least for people outside of Alabama, but we're going to see yeah, what I mean, happens. If, if this was a primary, it'd be a different situation. Today. Oh, oh, it absolutely <laughs> would. It absolutely, so, he would not have any backing right now, but right. that ship already sailed. And right. now it's come down to do we want the Democrats to take this seat for uh, however long it would be? It would not be for a full term, right? It would be a shorter term uh, uh, loss of the seat, but still. They, they don't want to do it, and they'd rather take the chance of putting him in there and then maybe removing him, maybe refusing to seat him. There are a lot of things that they can do. And if that happens, then similar to what happened with Senator Franken, the governor of Alabama essentially would be able to choose a replacement, and they're not going to choose a Democrat to put in there. So I, I think that's the end game here. But then again, I could be wrong. He may be, he may be a senator for quite a while if he gets elected. We, we don't know at this yeah. point. Yeah, it's certainly a possibility. Unlikely, but... Um, certainly a possibility. So it's going to be an interesting day on that front. I, I certainly expect that to, to dominate the airwaves. <laughs> yeah, that and, uh, of course, yesterday we had, uh, in my neck of the woods, the city that I, I worked in before I came here, New York City, a, a terror attack yesterday. Thankfully, the mm-hmm. guy was an idiot, uh, even more so than your average terrorist, and his pipe bomb didn't do much other than burn him and uh, hurt a couple people around him, which is uh, extremely unfortunate but could have been a lot worse. That just goes to show you, while we've essentially declared victory over ISIS and the Iraqi government has said, like, hey, ISIS no longer a problem in here, um, that doesn't mean that they're gone. (laughs) Their centralized uh, government essentially is in tatters, but they've affected a lot of people around the world, and this one uh, is certainly one of them. So those, I think, the two main news stories today, and hopefully – a news organization that shall remain nameless uh, stays away from how many Diet Cokes the president drinks today. Did you see that yesterday? I did, I did. Yeah, I, I took a picture of the TV when I saw on one channel, two channels actually, you had terrorist attack in New York, and then on the third one, president drinks 12 cans of Diet Coke a day. Ah, yes, that's the breaking news we need to focus on. Oh my God. We're speaking with Justin Brown, founder and CEO of Domino's. Wasn't it Domino's? (laughs) There was a whole bunch of fast food and stuff. I don't care what anybody eats. Stop it. All right. We're talking to Justin Brown, founder and CEO of Hill Vets. Now, almost as interesting, I would say, but certainly not as important as a Senate race or a terror attack. Did I see you tell me? That Secretary Shulkin has written a book? Yeah, yeah. This, what, what book is this? Is it like a murder mystery novel or something like that? No, so apparently, and this was a, this this became pretty interesting news in the small veteran circles yesterday. Um, yeah, apparently Secretary Shulkin has wrote a book. It's called Best Care Everywhere. It was co- co-edited, co-edited by Shulkin. Uh, published by the VA and 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 you know in some of the media lines it says but the book is still remains a secret. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> we know about it. How is it a secret? Or do they mean the contents of the book? Well, yeah. So the the, the contents of the book uh, apparently focus on some of the innovative things that VA do, has done and some of the you know some of the the the, the healthcare outcomes that VA has had and it, it certainly touts some of those as being very positive. Um, you know, and, and, and frankly, this is pretty consistent with, to some degree, with what we hear from veterans and veteran service organizations, that when they receive the health care, it's, it's, it's very, very good health care. Hmm. It's always been an access issue, right? Getting, right. getting the health The bureaucracy has been more the problem than the actual care. Have right. there been actual care issues? Yes, but they are minor in compared to yeah. the, the bureaucracy. Yeah, and I tell waiting. people that all the time. Once you get to the doctor, things are great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, so apparently there's this book. Uh, you can order it uh, via the government printing office's website and uh, went on the website yesterday. Apparently it's, it's they're, they're saying it's back-ordered. Wow, best-selling author David <laughs> best Shulkin, right? Best Not selling. just an author. This guy's they're yeah. gonna have to print up new editions of it and everything. Which Ooh. was which was very interesting because this was the first that I'd certainly heard anything about this book. Um, that was it looks like it was published. I I, I want to say sometime earlier this year or, mm. or, or last year. But long story short, it, it se- does seem to tout the VA healthcare system. Um, it says it's back ordered. I, I have a feeling that since it is the GPO, it might be back ordered for some period of time. <laughs> well, as we were just saying, the bureaucracy dealing so. with everything, it's much like the ID card thing where our own Jonathan Copanger, who formerly worked at the VA, laughed out loud when he saw that they were planning on doing that and how they were planning. He was like, there's no way. He was proven right within the span of like 48 hours. He was like, there's no way this is going to work. Right. But, but, but it's also apparently his second book. So, really? Yeah. And he, had, he'd written another book in 2008, uh, focused on, and I should have wrote the title down, but it, it, the crux of the book appears to be questions you should ask your, your healthcare provider essentially. So it yeah. looks to me kind of like a text on how to be a smart patient Going into a healthcare thing. healthcare setting. That's good so. advice, and that's the kind of thing that people could use. That one know? is available. It's on Amazon. So that one's there, on Amazon. There you go, there you Secretary go. Shulkin. On yeah, best selling. I'll, I'll take my royalty check uh, when he goes on his book tour. We're gonna have to. I still haven't had him on here yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna remedy that though. We're gonna get him on here soon. Maybe uh, shortly after the new year, we'll find a, a time. I, I spoke to him once about coming on, and he was he was open to it. And then uh, you know other things have happened. Can we get Jake to cold way. dial him so we can try to get. Get him in on I the know book. I can get his number. I know people who have his cell phone. We can call Jake. Jake just picked up the phone right now. He's ready to go. He's calling Dave. All right. So, uh, you know, Secretary Shulkin's book, back order, but the previous one about being uh, a, a smart patient, that's great advice. And that's one of the things I'd like to talk to him about as sure. a physician running the VA where, you know, like a general Shinseki when he was running the VA, sure. not a doctor though, you know, they like not a, not a physician who's treating patients like Dr. Shulkin still is. He's actually doing that while serving as the head of the VA. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good information that he has and a lot of good insight that he has uh, as well. So yeah, the, the hearing about those books, I may have some new things to read. All right, veterans groups pushing for the expansion of the caregiver program. We had the Disabled American Veterans on last week talking about this. We've talked to uh, the Cornines and others before, caregivers who, you know, pre-9-11, essentially, if you got hurt on September 10th, 2001, doing something, let's say you're, you know, Justin and I were both in the Navy. Let's say you're on the pier at Norfolk and you, something happens, a line breaks and you get a severe catastrophic brain injury on September 10th, 2001. And then it happens to me on September 11th, 2001. Only one of us is eligible for the the full benefits that became available after September 11th. A lot of veterans groups think that's unacceptable and they're kind of pushing for some changes to that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, they argue that uh, these caregivers at home provide, frankly, a higher uh, quality of health care service, service to their loved ones, which seems very understandable. Uh, they argue that they save the government money, uh, whereby they would otherwise be uh, providing these health care services and, and, and certainly have a lot more, um, you know, bandwidth taken away from their health services if mm-hmm. they had to provide on a day-to-day basis for these men and women. Uh, on Capitol Hill, it's turned uh, largely into, I think, uh, a bottom line issue in yeah. terms of cost. 
uh, they're looking at you know the immediate cost of what these services, uh, w- you know, of, of what they would end up being. Um, to some degree, it appears that it was part of the compromise that was struck between uh, Chairman Isaacson in terms of uh, their broader VA reform healthcare legislation and uh, Senator Murray and the Democrats on the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee. Uh, that has been kind of thrown into. The whole thing has been, to some degree, thrown into question with this new McCain-Moran bill, uh, right. which actually doesn't include this provision. Um, on the House side, they're, 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 I think, really just waiting to see what happens with the Senate. Uh, but there are still a lot of questions in the air with regards to uh, broader VA reform, uh, what's going to happen there. It doesn't appear anything is going to happen prior to uh, Christmas, as the secretary was absolutely pushing very hard for. Right. Uh, I mean, you've got this budget uh, shutdown still looming. They kicked the can down the road literally to the 22nd. So, you know, got themselves a week, didn't answer a lot of big questions, uh, are, are going to be here two to three days longer uh, than they initially anticipated. The original plan was that Congress was going to dissipate and go home at the end of this week right uh they will be here next week and and so will we and next week hill vets will join us again on tuesday as they do every tuesday justin brown founder and ceo of hill vets justin if people are interested in finding out more about hill vets where do they go they go to hillvets.org or find us on twitter at hill vets you're listening to the morning briefing eric dame your host jq's your producer back after this we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fees 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com. 